ladies and gentlemen, emanating from the basement of Cheap Seat Studios, this is Over the Barricade with your hosts, Ryan Downing and Lee Brando! Hello, and welcome to the Over the Barricade podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner. He is the deadliest catch, and he is currently looking things up on his phone because we had to fire our intern, Jimmy. It's Lee Brando. Yeah, you know, Jimmy's just not cut out for this business, I don't think. Yeah, we still still are waiting on those coffees from I, last week. I think I think we're just not going to get them at this point. Really? I think that time has passed. <sighs> That ship has sailed. Yep. Got to live the gimmick. Yep. I, uh, have you ever heard of Karan in Greek and, uh, I guess Roman mythology? No. Roman. Roman reigns? Roman reigns mythology. <laughs> Is that the Roman you're talking about? Because I don't know about any of the Romans. Uh, There no. was that one Roman at ACW who got cheered. It's the only time I've heard Roman at a wrestling show get cheered in a while. Yeah, yeah. Who was that? Somebody's birthday or something? It was Roman's birthday. Yeah. Well, not Roman Reigns, just that kid named Roman. Basically, Karan. I think I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I don't care. If you're not, you're a jerk. Was the ferryman that took you over the river Styx into the underworld? It was a a, a boat. So it was the first idea for the Undertaker character. No, but it's it's something I'm trying to incorporate into the Lee Brando character. Hmm. You think I should come out with an oar? Might be confusing. What about like a something that's an oar on the bottom, but on the top is a trident? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like that would be even more confusing somehow, and it would look kind of tacky. You're tacky, and I hate you. Yes. School of Rock quote. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Were you were you curious if I picked up the quote, or are you just we're gonna roll with it regardless? We're just gonna roll with it. You know why? You have to say why. But why? Because it's Rusev Day. Happy Rusev Day. Happy Rusev oh, Day. Speaking of which, I need to change my calendar, my Rusev Day calendar, which is hanging on the wall behind us, as uh, it is no longer February. That's right. It's March first. March first. As, as we sit here. And we move out of the coldest part of the year, hopefully. Although, as my grandfather always said, Marto e Pazzo. I, I don't speak Italian. Uh, March is nuts, I think. <laughs> Can, we need an intern to fact check your Italian. I don't think I pronounced it right, but that's definitely what it means. So we're three and a half minutes in. Okay. We've done a whole lot of nothing. Okay. So we're on brand. Good. I I like consistency in my podcasts. What do, do you like that? Typically. Like we wouldn't want to just turn into a great podcast all of a sudden. That would be too much of like a culture shock. But that would also make us like every other podcast. Right. And we need something that sets us apart. And we we also can't be the hashtag worst podcast ever because that was already taken by talking shap. <laughs> so so do you want to you want to start talking about wrestling things? Which is we weren't, which is the name of this show? We weren't wrestling things. Wrestling things. Uh, I mean, to, we kind of were, but like more relevant to like 
the world. We should talk about Japan first. We should talk about Honor Rising. We should, because technically, chronologically, it happened first. That's. I would like to point out, though, uh, there was a story that came out over the weekend uh, about an NXT house show in which Kyrie Sane was chanted things that were very racist. Yeah. And uh, stop it. Stop it right now. That's some crap we will not stand for. Um, chanting racist things at, at wrestlers is really stupid. Um, it's and pretty dumb. It's 2018, and it's time to uh, stop that nonsense. And um, yeah. I, I will no turn problem. this car around right now because this is this is some racism still exists. But do we need to incorporate it into wrestling shows? Stupid fans. Um, I have no problem if it's incorporated uh, thoughtfully, carefully, and to a good end in a storyline, but the fans, you're not part of it, and it's not even part of the storyline, so why bother? What I would like to point out is it was a very small group of people that were quickly drowned out by people. Thankfully. Thankfully, by good people there who were like, no, you're dumb, stop. Kyrie Sane is one of the best wrestlers in the world and does not deserve that. No one deserves that, but yeah, come on now. Even the worst wrestler wouldn't deserve that. Kurt Hawkins does not deserve that. He is not the worst. He's totally not the worst. He just, you know, that plays into his gimmick. Yeah, it's true. His whole gimmick is that he's a terrible wrestler. Did we talk about how we saw him? I think we did. We did at the Rumble, yes. Yeah. We did indeed. Uh, very tan man. Very tan man. Um, That's a new ROH gimmick, the very tan man. Is it? No. Is it like Curryman? <laughs> Christopher Daniels? Who? No, that wasn't him, right? No. Shh. That's what he would say, I think. I think that's what he has said. That's like when you ask Luke Gallus if he was Festus. He's like, no. I never tell anyone in management. It's <laughs> very true. Um, I actually think the Festus character is actually the, the Beer City Bruiser in ROH because hmm. it looks the Beer City Bruiser he has a very did you hear about his upcoming what was booked for him no I did not but since we're about to talk about Honor Rising anyways I thought it was a good reference yeah he's going to be fighting Ishii well he did just fight Goto I know so it's it's a good run it's 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 a good run Beer City Bruiser does kind of make me think like what if the Festus character had played out like mm. not not in not in necessarily how he acts but like the progression, like the body style and kind of his, he has a very uh, stiff looking style. Yeah. Uh, not a man who's going to throw many in the way of drop kicks, but talented in a different manner. Um, but uh, then of course, you know, Gallows is elsewhere. I'm, I'm telling you, if you look up pictures of Gallows, as Festus, and you look up Beer City Bruiser. I can see it. There's some. There's something there. So I have a question. Sure. Who is listening to this podcast? <laughs> I want your names. <laughs> because there, we see the numbers. There are people listening, and we appreciate it. I, hey, I'm not saying don't listen. I'm just saying, who are you? <laughs> I want to know. Somebody with great taste. Yeah. So, social media, email. Send us your name. It doesn't have to be your full name. Just your first name. I will take a Twitter handle if you don't want to give us your actual a name. A Twitter handle. A nickname. Doesn't matter. I just want to know. I feel like people probably think we're drunk. 
<laughs> it's kind of been that kind of episode. Listen, I am not drunk. I am... That sounded like it was edited in. <laughs> I am not drunk. <laughs> I am not drunk. I am just very emotionally drained. And physically drained, but more so emotionally drained. And... uh I'm also going to be wrestling tomorrow, so I have to get ready for that. That's a you're, whole other thing. You're just thing. storing your energy. That's all. It's all that's going on. You're you're you are Goku with a spirit bomb. You're not doing anything at the moment, but you're 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 assembling. But in four the episodes' energy. time, that thing might go off or might not. We don't know. Well, that would take approximately twenty-two hours to finish. Looking so. back, the spirit bomb was very kind of morbid. There was like deer passing out in the woods from giving up their energy. Did they die? I think they just fainted. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I assume, like, what are we doing? This is a wrestling <laughs> podcast. Don't get me down this road. Um, Let's so discuss we're, the we're gonna finer t- details of the spirit bomb. <laughs> Not unless that's a new name for a, a wrestling finisher. Um, so, uh, after the Kyrie Sane incident, Honor Rising happened in Japan this weekend. We'll, we will talk about Elimination Chamber WWE happenings from the week. But do we have to? We kind of do. It was a big weekend. Okay. All right. So on a rising uh, two night event, um, Japan and ROH, ROH ring and uh, and set dressing. Yes. Um, no advertisements. But in Japan. But in Japan, no advertisements on the ring. Um, saw the debuts of Flip Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, the flip. <laughs> flip. I hadn't actually seen Flip wrestle before. Really? I actually hadn't, and he's he's not bad. I oh, get really? his gimmick. I get his gimmick. It's it's funnier that he's good because it's funnier that Cody hates him. Yeah. For no reason. No, no reason. Um, we saw Delirious pick up a win, which yep. was was interesting. Um, uh, for the artist formerly known as Leo Tonga, not doing particularly well. Yeah, you know, we on this card we have. I mean, we could run it down if you want. There's a lot of multiple person matches, of course. Yeah, Fale and Takahashi taking on uh, Kitamura in one of, if not his final, I think it was one of his first matches outside of his seven match trial. Um, he he would eat the pin after getting destroyed by Fale. Um, good showing, but um, a Delirious Cheeseburger and Liger together against. Uh, G.O.D. and the artist formerly known as Leo Tonga. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tonga eating the pin. Leo Tonga, formerly known, eating the pin. Uh, formerly getting pinned. Formerly getting pinned. Formerly. Uh, the Young Bucks beat uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson. Good match. Uh, the best part, I think, of this match, it was a fun match, but the best part of this match was actually at the end when Juice Robinson snatches the bag of ice out of the Young Lion's hand, puts it on the back of Finley's head. Finley spikes it on the ground and juice robinson then gets mad at the bag of ice and then punts it into the crowd yeah um that's good teamwork uh we had our you always th- got to support your teammate even against the dreaded ice bag yeah uh special three-way match kushida takahashi uh hiromu takahashi and flip gordon yeah. flip gordon pinning kushida it's a good match for your first time watching also it. i didn't know that um that Flip Gordon's finisher was called the Four Flippy sma- uh, Splash. Yeah, he stole that from Ty Awesome. Um, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Um, six man tag. Uh, Jay White teams up with best friends Chucky e. T and Chucky e. T. Uh, to take on. We have to. We have a, We have to talk about PWG in a minute. 
yes. Uh, take on Taguchi, Jay Lethal, and ROH World Champion Dalton Castle, who has his picture on the New Japan website. It's glorious. Yes. Um, Taguchi eating the pin. Goto versus the Beer City Bruiser uh, for the Never Open Way Championship. Goto wins a hard-fought matchup. Very stiff. Uh, Bruiser spit after Bruiser comes down to the ring, spitting all over the crowd. Yeah. If they hadn't seen Beer City Bruiser before, it probably was a shock. Uh, and, of course, our main event of the evening, first night, was Marty Skrull teaming with Cody and Hangman Page, taking on the Golden Lovers mm-hmm. and Chase Owens. A.K.A. the guy there to do the job. Yeah, actually, entirely. Um, I believe on Being the Elite, they explained why Chase Owens was going to be in this match. I think uh, so. He lost, like, Cody, uh, excuse me, Kenny Omega hit, a, like, a free throw or three-pointer or something, and it's like... The deal was if he made the shot, Chase Owens would be on his team, but they were cool. So, um, Bullet Club Civil War continues, I suppose. Bullet Club's fine. I don't know. Night two. Kind of looked like Marty Skrull ate a pretty vicious golden trigger during that match. Well, By the way, Omega and Ibushi look wonderful together. It looks like they haven't course, lost a step together. Of course. They're, I mean... They're two of the best wrestlers in the world, yes, but... I know we had a discussion about perfect. Young Bucks... Or Usos as best tag team in the world, but you know, at the end of this year, we may have a third contender there. It may not even be a third contender at that point. It may just be the Golden Lovers. It may just be the Golden Lovers. We'll see how that plays out. So um, we move on to night two. Man, Leo Tonga was. I, I gotta actually say his name, but I don't know how to say it. Is it Hikuleo? Hikuleo. He- eating Hi-Kuleo. another eating another pin this time by Jay Lethal. Um. Although his teammate wasn't, his team this time wasn't G.O.D. That's true. Chase Owens and Yujiro Takahashi. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm just scrolling through so I can get this appropriately correct. Tag team between L.I.J.'s Bushi and uh, Hiromu Takahashi taking on Flip Gordon and Ryusuke. Uh, Ryusuke Taguchi. And uh, Flip Gordon eating the pin. So, mm-hmm. 50-50 booking. Can't believe New Japan. Well, not, re- not, <laughs> not exactly. 50 um, booking, but no, not one exactly. win, one loss. Never open weight six man tag team championship. The team of Cheeseburger. Surprisingly, not a gauntlet match. Surprisingly, not a gauntlet match. Cheeseburger, Delirious, and Liger falling to uh, Gorillas of Destiny and Bad Luck Fale. Another six man tag. Hangman, the uh, the Hung Bucks, as they were. The Hung Bucks. The ROH six man tag team champions. That's true. The Young Bucks of Nick and Matt Jackson and uh, Hangman Page. Taking on Chucky e. T, Yoshihashi, Yoshihashi, and Jay White. Jay White surprisingly eating the pin, but eating the pin to the man he will face for, for the, the United, United States, States Heavyweight Championship. We will get there. Um, and the ROH World Championship defended Dalton Castle, defeating Beretta yep. to retain the title. And then we get to the main event, a special tag team match indeed. Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega back as a tag team, strictly as a tag team, taking on Marty Skrull and Cody, and this was where Marty Skrull would eat the golden trigger. Mm-hmm. Man, these two can somehow make what seems to be a pretty simple move very nasty looking. This was a great match, and um, there, you know, all the news coming out after it with the Young Bucks, just, what a, you know, if... At, the Young Bucks, of course, coming out to... Uh, to have a conversation with Golden yeah, Trigger. Yeah, yeah. Of sorts. 
Um, they came out to announce that they were moving out of the junior division and into the heavyweight tag division and that they were going to be challenging the Golden Lovers, um, which I believe is set for Strong Style Evolved. It is, which I think is a wonderful segue into the Here's the, the thing, though. I think it's... I get it, but this is a huge match, and Strong Style Evolved is already sold out. So I feel like you're kind of giving this one away, especially with everything else that's going to be on this card. You know, that's my only hesitation. I get that they don't want the fans to leave unhappy and they want to give them their money's worth. And this certainly is their money's worth. But, um, I think this could have been built up to, to be like, you know, a major match on a major show. This should, unless I guess it is a major match on a major show, but like a big, you know, like maybe dominion or something. Unless Okada, is defending the uh, the IWGP Championship on this card. This should be the main event. I think it has to be, right? Yes. Golden I mean, Lovers I don't know. They the might they might choose the U.S. heavyweight because they want to get that over in the states. But it's only listed as a thirty minute time limit match. Yeah. And yeah. the uh, U.S. heavyweight championship match is sixty. So it's could could the U.S. title be the headliner of that show? But I don't want to just act like I'm down on it because what a time to be alive. And what I was going to say is, if in January of last year you told me that Omega was not going to get the IWGP championship and instead he was going to go into the tag division, I would have said, I don't know if that's the right idea, but it's turning out it was the right idea. Yeah, these two are wonderful together. It's what happens when you put two of the best in the world next to each other and you get them in an actual good program. Yeah. Um, which they currently currently have. You know, it's funny. Um, I think it was Matt Jackson actually retweeted some, an old tweet that he had put up after Omega signed with New Japan, saying that now that Omega and Ibushi are in New Japan, we should have a match with them. <laughs> and it's like four years later, he retweets, and he's like, well, Ask I guess... Ask and you shall tweet, and you shall The time is retweet. now. Um, Jay White and Hangman Page will uh, go at it for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship at Strong Style Evolved on the 25th of March. Seems, seems pretty awesome. I don't see Page going over, but it, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I don't see Paige going over either, but this is a good opponent for Jay White, and this should be a really good match. And this is a this is a nice like showcase the, match for Paige. Oh, definitely, because he doesn't really have a substantial New Japan role, and he's getting built up to to be part of one. So that's cool. Um, I like that on the New Japan site. It's Liger versus mystery opponent style graphic because <laughs> they don't have a picture for Rey Mysterio. They didn't have one for Chris Jericho either. If you go back and you look at the results, Chris Jericho's picture is not there. Yeah. Liger versus mystery opponent, who we know is Rey Mysterio. Create a superstar one. <laughs> yes. Silhouette man. Silhouette man. Um, but this should be pretty amazing. Uh, this what card... else do you see? I mean, not the whole card, but what do you think Okada's role in this show is going to be? I don't think they're going to put him in a title match because if I... I think it'll be a six-man. Because let's see here. Let's take a quick look at the New Japan schedule. They're currently on their anniversary tour. Yes. Their anniversary event is on March 6th. So we'll know this time next week what happened there, which we both assume that... Well, he's not putting up the title. Right. It's he and Will Ospreay are going... It's a non-title matchup. I think it'll them. be a great match. I think Okada's going to win, though. Yeah, I think Okada goes over, even though it is a non-title match. But And I think the you... reason they're doing that is uh, not only are they both members of the same... Uh, faction but i think that they're trying to give tanahashi time to recover 
mm-hmm. so that when the time comes that Okada and Tanahashi's record defense, like number of defenses for the IWGP title are tied, that they can have the match and Okada can successfully defend and break the record. I think Strong Style evolved depending on the number. If if it's going to be, I don't think it's going to actually have Okada in a championship match. I, I don't think, think he's so. going to be in a tag match, and I think he's going to be in a tag match versus whoever wins the New Japan Cup, Could which be. will be the month of March leading up to that. So the New Japan Cup starts on March 9th, and we know the winner last year would face Okada at Sakura Genesis to unfortunate end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, it's the Shibata, of course, winning New Japan Cup last year. Um, but New Japan, the New Japan Cup final is on March 21st. Um, and then March 25th, the following Sunday, they're going to be doing Strong Style Evolved here in the States. So I think that they will have a tag match between Okada and a couple other members of Chaos against whoever wins New Japan Cup. And that'll be a time for that person to get a, to get a good win. Um, people aren't going to be mad that Okada's not defending the title. That place is already sold out, and they're going to be crazy anyways. Yeah, yeah. This would also be a pretty good reason why you wouldn't, why you would give Golden Lovers versus Young Bucks on this card, because this is a really big show. They need it to do well critically, more than just the fact that it already sold out. But right. that's a pretty good compensation for not getting an Okada match for the, for the title. Yeah, and you know they they want to give the access viewers everything they can in their, you know, limited live exposure to them. So right. I can, I understand it. And Sakura Genesis is only a week later. So does, Is it just me, or does the Sakura Genesis uh, logo look like Super Smash Bros.? It totally looks like Super Smash okay. Bros. No, you're absolutely correct. All right, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, and that's probably what it's supposed to look like. Probably. Um, and then, of course, the next big show after that is Wrestling Dontaku. Um, but... When you're looking at this, how the schedule is kind of laying out, Okada being in a tag match situation against whoever wins the New Japan Cup, setting up their match for Genesis, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I I think he's only got two more. So in, I think in two more successful title defenses, he'll tie, and then after that would be the Tanahashi match. So I think it'll play out well. Maybe even Dominion will uh will see that match, but that'll be a big thing, and um. You know, it's an, it's an exciting time. Like, I keep telling people how great New Japan is, and they need to get on the bandwagon because it's pretty awesome. It has been all last year and this year. So, Kazuchika Okada's combined days uh, as IWGP Heavyweight Championship as of this moment, 1,415 days. It's pretty crazy. That is truly insane. There's 619,619 currently he's at. For this reign. Yes, for this reign. He's at 619. Um, let's see. So uh, Tanahashi's defense record is at 11. Mm-hmm. And Okada's at 10. So, oh, so he's only got one more. Okay. Correct. Now, knowing... So that might be why they're even stretching it further. He will defend at Genesis. We know that's going to happen. Because he, typic- he typically defended Genesis with uh, New Japan Cup winner. He probably doesn't defend. He probably doesn't defend the title. Genesis at, is April first. Correct. Uh, he probably doesn't defend it. Don Taku. Mm, yeah, I, I don't think he has to. I don't think they would want to do that. Yeah. Um, 
best of the Super Juniors. He doesn't have to, even on the final night, because that's not going to be there. Yeah, and then Dominion Dominion's in the next one. In so, June, so... That I... will be the match. If it is building the Tanahashi, who is healthy again, he will be in the New Japan Cup. Uh, yes. Um, well, he's Tanahashi healthy, which is... He's a normal. He's man regrown a couple, a few biceps. Yes, he's back to maybe four or five. I would like a Tanahashi video game where, like, it's like Zelda, but you cut down like little shrubbery and little biceps pop out, and you get them, and your bicep meter goes back up, and you can get a bicep fairy that, when you run out of biceps, completely comes out and s- floats around your arm. I'm pretty sure that's j- exactly how Tanahashi continues to have biceps. <laughs> yes, a bicep fairy. So it's like I, the tooth fairy. It's a Japanese thing. Don't ask. I, so with all that being said, looking at the schedule, I think we're both kind of predict that whoever wins New Japan Cup will fall to Okada at uh, Genesis. Yes. Which will then set up Tanahashi and Okada for Dominion. Yes, and I think Okada will go over there too, but it'll be a big... The story of that match will be you know, definitively Okada as the best IWGP heavyweight champion of all time, having the most successful title defenses, the longest combined days as champion, and has to be one of the longest single runs as champion, if not the longest at this point. It Uh, is the longest single run as a champion. Yeah, so, I mean, by all measures, the, the best champion of all time, which is pretty crazy. I'm quickly going through to see who's second. And I'm pretty sure it's Tanahashi at... Uh, oh, excuse me. I'm, you can, uh, you I'm, can make the chart go in descending order by days. Hey, don't tell me how to use uh, this blasted Wikipedia. That's Hashimoto. Hashimoto uh, with the longest single reign uh, prior to Okada. So he's number two at that this point. That was in the mid-90s. Correct. And then Tanahashi, who won the title at Wrestle Kingdom 5 and held onto it for 404 days, surpassing, surpassing the great Muta. Yes. Um, now he's, Who we talked about last week. Yes. Um, there's some pretty big names on here. You know, Okada is sixth on this list, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, with a 391-day reign. Just a day behind Nagata. Yes. Um, and a couple weeks bef- uh, ahead of Big Van Vader. Oh, yeah. So he's he's really the only guy, Jin, that's up there. Yeah, scrolling through here, uh, you don't see another one until Brock Lesnar, who held the belt for less than a year. Um, yeah. Back in 2005, 2006. We're out of the we're out of the top ten by this point. Oh yeah, we're we're very much farther down the list. Hey, Shinsuke Nakamura, you never really held the belt for all that long. Yeah, sometimes you don't have to. No, no. I mean, how many? How how long did the Rock hold the belt? You know, I am not looking that up at this moment. But AJ it's, Styles, it's is not on here it's not times. that long. You know. All right, so let's uh, let's move along. Um, so that takes care of Japan. Did we have anything Ring of Honor that we wanted to talk about before we get into the dub? Um, let me think real quick. We talked about Manhattan Mayhem coming up. Um, mm-hmm. They were all over Honor Rising, of course. Yep. Um, Jay Lethal gave a nice woo as he threw on a figure four. Yeah. Jay Lethal is Jay Lethal is endearing enough and respected enough that he can he can use any other like legends move he wants, and everyone will buy it, and he'll be more over for it. Yeah. No, I think that covers uh, the Japan and ROH for this week. Okay, so let's talk about Elimination Chamber. Okay. (laughs) The last Raw exclusive pay-per-view. Ever. Ever. Well, probably probably ever. They may go back to it, but basically it didn't help their network subscription numbers, and that's why they're stopping. I I understand. 
So, uh, pre-show match, Gallows and Anderson taking on the Miz Taraj, of which they would win. Good to see a couple of a good win for the Good Brothers. Yep. Um, the opening match, which we realized with a couple minutes left in the pre-show, would be the women's uh, elimination chamber match. And that is because we saw the chamber descending from the ceiling. Correct. Which made a lot of sense. Made sense to open the show with one and then to end the show with one. Yes. I found this women's elimination chamber match to be kind of boring. I found the kind of the show to be kind of boring. Um, That's true. It did set the tone properly. I think it's this one's a hard one because I think it was the like of all the people in it, it was the right choice to start with. Uh, well, I don't know. I, maybe I would have done Bailey and Mickey James because I felt like Mickey James didn't have a huge part in this match and she kind of deserved it. Um, but they started with Bailey and Sonya Deville, and then Mandy Rose came out, and they were playing off the Absolution teaming up. Although they really looked weak because they didn't eliminate anybody when they had the two-on-one advantage. That's because they're not Braun Strowman. Yeah, but I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna build up that stable, and now maybe they've lost hope in it because of Paige leaving, or or not being able to compete, I should say. Yeah, she still comes out with them. Yeah, I mean, maybe they lost hope in it, but. In my mind, if you're trying to build up this as a legitimate force to be reckoned with, you gotta have them at least get eliminate one person. Um, they yeah, didn't even come close. Would have been good for them to eliminate Bailey, but we know that Bailey had a had a, another point part in this match to play. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little odd to me. Um, and then, of course, you know, predictably, Alexa Bliss uh, wins the match. Um, there was. One spot that I didn't really understand the psychology of, uh, Bliss does the twisted Bliss off the top of the pod Mm -hmm. to kind of the outside area, which used to be the grate, but now is padded. It's the new, safer elimination chamber. Yeah. And then, I don't know what happened, but she landed it square on, and then Sasha Banks just no-sells it and goes into the bank statement. Yeah, that that was very odd. Um this was not Sasha Banks' best performance. No, there. I mean, they had the funny spot with Alexa trying to climb from one pod to the other and get away from Bailey and Sasha, and they had the Lion King moment with Sasha Banks and Bailey, which was pretty funny. Even though they seemed to be best friends the next night on Raw, and then Bailey did the uh, the drop back when when Sasha went for the tag, which at least they went back to the story because it had been very inconsistent. I mean, you got to remember this Bailey and Sasha thing started in like January of last year. Yeah. And they've been teasing it ever since, but to no real like rhyme or reason, they've just right. been kind of doing it. Right. Right. And I, I felt like, um, Mickey James, she did a big move off the pod. Didn't she? I think so. She did like a big Thez press or something. Yes, and I think um, she did. So she I had a cool right. moment, but she relatively quick her her uh, time in the match. So I thought maybe give her a little bit more. But the full match went what about half an hour? Uh, yes, just under twenty nine minutes and thirty five seconds, and yeah, it was not a particularly memorable match. And that's the yeah. I think, I think that might be the one of the worst indictments of an elimination chamber match because there should be like memorable spots and moments. And I'm struggling to remember any of what you're bringing up. Yeah, I mean, and I was I think watching this match run, close. Like it wasn't that I was tuned out. I was really paying attention to this match because there were women in the elimination chamber. I thought, you know, this is a really cool moment, and it just it wasn't the most compelling. I mean, Bliss had the best moments pretty yeah. much throughout, but 
you know, her winning solidifies that she's going to Mania, which she deserves and has earned. Yeah, yeah. And my only hope is that um, they don't... It's looking like Mania is just going to become a bunch of multi-person matches. And I hope that the matches don't get... Not that I don't want people to be on the card. I understand that. But I just don't want everything to get muddied by, you know, five, six people being involved. Um, WrestleMania 2000. <laughs> yeah. So, um, hey, the only singles match in that on that entire card was a women's match. That's true. Um, but uh, I think that future women's elimination chamber matches can only get better from here, I would hope. And I think it was hurt by having a very memorable Royal Rumble a month ago. So I think, yeah. you know, because you're not going to have the amount of, you know, surprises and everything in the elimination chamber as you do the first women's Royal Rumble. I have a hot take. What's that? A hot take. A hot take? A hot take. Have you not heard that term before? I've heard the term, but I'm just surprised you're using it. I like regular sports, too, and that's pretty common in that in that world. <laughs> so I have a hot take. Not this weird sport. Those regular sports. This would not be considered a traditional sport. Yeah. Um, Sony Deville and Mandy Rose should not have both been in this match. Yeah. I it's mean, not I that hot see... of a take, but I don't think... I, so if you look historically at the Elimination Chamber, when it was first used, it was a bunch of guys who were upper mid-card and main event talent. And then for usually the most part. one and, long shot that could do flippy stuff. And that has actually become more common in recent years. Now you look you look at, the say, the first Elimination Chamber versus which we try and look at the lens of the time period and not now because there were so many really good participants in that first one. Yeah. Um, that first one might end with almost all Hall of Famers, um, if I remember that that uh, that I, I want to say correctly. I want to say uh, he who shall not be mentioned was in it, and I don't think he'll be in the Hall of I Fame. I said almost. I said almost all. The first Elimination Chamber match happened... Uh, included Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Chris Jericho, Kane, Booker T, and Rob Van Dam. The only one who may not make the Hall of Fame on this list is Rob Van Dam, and I think that will definitely happen sometime, anyways. Yeah, I think he'll make it. I was I was thinking of somebody. I was thinking of the third match, apparently. The yes, third that was chamber. Triple H, Randy Orton, Batista, Chris Jericho, Edge, and Chris Benoit. Yeah. Well, they had a special guest referee in that one. Shawn Michaels. HBK. HBA. HB Shizzle. HB Shizzle. Um. So, let's see. So here. moving on. Um, so we move along, and it basically, I, I think you could have honestly, like, what? It, uh, Alicia Fox is still hurt, right? I believe so. Yeah, because I was just rumble. She probably would have been in this match. I mean, there's people you could have put in, and I think if they hadn't, I, I think they didn't. They couldn't. They wanted to do something with Oscar. So otherwise, you put Nia Jax in this match. Right, and they wanted to protect Nia, so they took her out of it because she wasn't going to win. So you may not have had much choice here with putting Mandy and Sonya in. I just don't think they're over enough to be relatively close to believable. Um, but either way, they're in the match, and it kind of worked out the way it did. It's too bad. These Elimination Chambers are just they're not as exciting anymore for the most part. Now, well, the main event wasn't bad. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a cage match well, with no cage- blood. Yeah, it's a cage match that made its name on how violent and yeah initially and they've taken how gory away a lot of the elements that are legitimate, painful 
legitimately painful and dangerous. Do you remember the extreme elimination chamber with the December weapons hanging? to dismember? Yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, that 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 pay per view didn't do so good. No, that neither it didn't do so good in live attendance either. Yeah. Um. So, uh, from there we go to Cesaro and Sheamus. Shizzle. Shizzle. And uh, Titus Worldwide with Dana Brooke, who just looks very out of place. Um, and Cesaro and Sheamus win, and I don't know what's left of the Raw Tag Team division. Yeah, they got to call somebody up or bring some people in because they've really exhausted all options. Hopefully, War Jeff. Machine. Hopefully, Jeff Hardy can come back in time. War Machine. Or War Machine, but it's like... I don't know if they're going to do War Machine. That would just be really cool. It's ways, It's like we don't have a lot of time until Mania. Authors of Pain. Yeah, but we don't have a lot of time till Mania. Then yeah. you've got to successfully write them out of NXT and write them onto main television and write them into the main event or the main part of the tag team division. Yeah, you, so, I, I see Cesaro and Sheamus not being on the main Mania card. It could very well happen. You know, I, I there's definitely going to be on the pre-show. There's definitely going to be a ladder match at WrestleMania. I'm sure of it. They always do one. So, is it going to be for the tag titles? Is it going to be for the Intercontinental title? If it's for the tag, they'll get on. If it's not, they probably won't. I think it'll be for one of the mid t- mid card singles titles. I think it'll be for either the. It's looking like it's going to be for the Intercontinental because we already have. You know, it could be for the Raw Women's Championship if they move Asuka to SmackDown. Yeah, but I think Bliss and Nia Jax is pretty clear where they're going with that. Seeing as Bliss said multiple times, Nia deserves it, but she said that knowing that she wouldn't have to face Nia, well, that That's script's going to be flipped on her, and it it does make sense. But um, I'd, probably the IC title would be the uh, ladder match because we've got Balor, Rollins, Miz. They could throw Strowman in, Elias, um, you know. So let's keep going because I do want to ask you about Strowman okay. before we're done. But um, Asuka defeats Nia Jax, but Nia Jax still looks though. very strong. Yeah, this is the weakest Asuka's ever. This won. is not the way. So if you want, this is not how you want your challenger for a championship looking going into a pay per view. Well, I know exactly what's happened. They they want to keep Asuka undefeated, but they don't realize that it doesn't matter if you keep her undefeated if she looks weak all the time. Which she the more she faces off against Jack, they did this. So now you're in they a weird They did this spot. rivalry correctly in NXT. You've got to beat Nia, and but you can't just beat her once. You've got to beat her multiple times now, and then you can decide to jump ship to SmackDown because if you jump ship now, it's going to look like you're running away. Yeah, they're going to have to find a way to make her look really good yeah. this coming week on Raw because um, Asuka looks very weak, which makes me very sad because her For someone was who's so two years. Over. Without losing, this is pretty weak for, for someone with that winning streak. Yeah, for somebody who debuted in October of 2015, like WWE loves to remind us and hasn't lost a match yeah. in since that time period. Not counting Battle Royals, but okay. <laughs> um, hey, they, we make up our own rules, man. There was a cool, uh, really cool camera angle when, when Nia busted Asuka through the barricade. That was pretty cool. That was cool. Yeah. Nia Nia's a little hit or miss for me on a lot of occasions, but she when she's on, she's legitimately one of the best they've got. Like as yeah. far as like a good character, somebody that you can see in the in the ring very easily. Um and you can see that she is can really go out and defeat almost anybody and it makes sense. It's logical. Next, we had uh, Woken Matt Hardy, or Woken Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Now, the crowd turned on this match. Rusev Day. 
Rusev Day. Day. We want Beach Ball. Um, it's almost like the, WWE. Doing the wave, although it was great when Matt Hardy was following the wave around with his hands while standing on the second rope, just being crazier and more over the top than the fans were being right back at them. That was pretty cool. Which is why Matt Hardy is a superstar. Yes. Matt Hardy is a legend. He'll work it right into his gimmick. And we do not deserve Matt Hardy in our lives. Uh, This is what happens when you make a feud that looks really cool on paper but put absolutely zero effort into. Well, it's just gone on way too long, and it's kind of... I don't know what it is. And it's I mean, not over. In the first couple of years, Bray Wyatt was really an interesting character, and every feud he was in really had my attention. But all of last year, all of this year, just the worst feuds, the worst matches, like from an excitement standpoint. You know the, the, most- the match, the title match at WrestleMania he had last year with Orton was one of the worst I'd ever seen. And it's like, I know he's better than this, but I don't know how you pull him out. I don't know if you can... He's got a cool entrance, so you want to keep that, but you got to repackage him a little bit, change it up a little bit, because this ain't working. And it looked like he was going to go full Sister Abigail on uh, on Finn Balor, but as we saw, that did not happen. Because, no. Um, Mother Nature intervened, I guess. Yeah, that was that was it for Bray Wyatt, um, yeah. which is probably good, because that, those Sister Abigail promos that he was doing with Balor were really terrible. I think people, everyone was really disappointed when they weren't introducing a new female superstar. Seemed like a really cool thing you could have done with a handful of, of women on the roster. Yeah. What if Sister Abigail had been Ruby Riot? I would have loved it, because I love anything Ruby Riot does. I know. Um so this, moving on to the this, main event, yeah, the the Wyatt Hardy feud just was has been awful, and it's really too bad because it really seems like they're just buying time till something else happens. Are they just buying time till Jeff Hardy's healthy again? Because I think probably so. Be I, until at, well after Mania. Well, no, I mean he just cut a promo or an interview where he said there's hope for him to be at Mania and even come back a little bit beforehand. If that's the case, I I mean I think that's the easy Raw tag team title match. There have been some thoughts online um, and some rumors, well, some maybe some wish list items floated that it would be Matt, somehow between now and Mania, Hardy and Wyatt would be unlikely allies and would team up and would take on Cesaro and Sheamus in what would be the weirdest assembly of a tag team match and they would win the titles. That would be weird. And then you could feud with Jeff and... You could have Wyatt try to manipulate the brothers against each other. That'd be cool. There's a couple things you could do with that. I don't particularly like that because I would like to get, I would like to get Brother us closer to broken to broken Matt Hardy, and I don't think it, being involved with Bray Wyatt's going to get us there. Uh, in the main event, of course, the uh, elimination chamber match, the men's elimination chamber match. The winner will go on to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. That match featured seven men for the first time. Yeah, the biggest Elimination Chamber match of all time as it was billed. And they even announced it that way in-house, which I thought was very WWE and really tacky. And um, so you start off with three men. You start off with the Rollins, Balor, and Miz. Yes. Then, um, uh, Which, by the way, the, the, the first spot in this match, which I think was one of the best points in this match, was Miz looking at Balor, or excuse me, Miz looking at Rollins and trying to do a team-up. Yeah, and then Rollins shooting him down, and then he looks at Balor and he does the same thing. Balor shoots him down, and then Balor and Rollins look at each other to do a team up. Miz does the great face acting he normally does, 
and then proceeds to get beat down by Balor and Rollins, which was a wonderful little bit. Um, I, I thought it's it's so Miz. That has Miz handprints all over it because that definitely feels like something that would happen in any match that he would do in that situation. Yep. First out of the pod was Cena. Yes. Uh, then Roman. Yes. And um, everyone's still in. No one eliminated yet. Um, some cool spots with Balor specifically. Um, then Balor feels like he's one that's kind of almost made for this match type. Yeah, because he can he can really fly around. Then Strowman comes out and um, proceeds to go on like a killing rampage where he eliminates uh, everyone in the match. He goes on a killing spree essentially. Yeah, he 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 looks incredibly strong, and he actually does something that I believe can never mathematically be broken. He actually sets a record that cannot be broken in a normal elimination chamber match. Can be broken, can be matched. Can be matched, but can't be broken. So he's the first person to... Now, granted, so I want to... Before we get there, I want to basically say that they all team up on Strowman, right? Yes. Everybody teams up on Strowman. Elias is still in the pod Elias is still in the pod. They all team up on Strowman, and then instead of making sure somebody pins Strowman, they turn on each other, which is stupid. Um, yeah, the stupidest one, although it made sense from the Royal Rumble, was Rollins turning on Reigns. It made sense because Reigns did the thing to Rollins at the Rumble and eliminated him, but I would have, if I were Rollins, I would have made sure uh, that Strowman was out of the match first, which he did not. He did not, and that did not go well for one Seth Tyler Black Rollins. Um, Smart. Huge pop. <laughs> Huge pop. Um, um, so, yeah, we got a four-person shield bomb. By the way, bomb. really quick, before we, before we go any further, I saw on SoundCloud somebody who listens actually went and commented, Huge pop on our, la- on our KatsuCon episode. Good. Props to you, sir. I, Good. Uh, I, I did see your now, comment. Now, who are you? <laughs> no, his name was on there. Show yourself. So it, uh, it was it was quite wonderful, and I appreciate. We're hiring it. interns. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Spot is now available. Unpaid, unpaid. Lots of hours, <laughs> many many hours, like more than full time, more than double full time, and no money. But experience, double secret full time experience. We're <laughs> we give out opportunities here. Okay, this is the real Chief Seat Studios is the real land of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. SmackDown Live took art gimmick. Yeah, and no talking. No, no talking. No, no, no sounds. Not, not just during the recording, like ever. Just yeah, ever. We don't want a word. We we or, can't. Don't even really make eye contact. Just kind of look, kind of down, like at the ground, and don't talk, and get coffee, and okay. do and look up stats. And, yes, and that's important. We need we need a stat. Looker but don't up tell us the stat. Write the stat down, and then hand us a note. Point at the screen, but quietly. Yes. This is a weird bit. We should move <laughs> along. So four-person shield bomb. Four-person shield bomb with a double pin from Cena and Reigns that uh, Strowman kicks out of. That's one way they make him look really strong. Yeah, so... He pretty much eats everyone's finisher in succession. So what, did he... Inv- did he, uh, he eliminated Miz first, is that correct? I believe Miz was first. And then Elias was supposed to come out. And then proceeded to lock himself back in the uh, in the pod. He demanded the ref close the pod door again. Now I tweeted out during this event that no one ever does anything funny in the in the pod while waiting. Like read a book, and somebody commented, 
Elias should uh, play his guitar while he's waiting. Which is what I assumed he was going to do. But I was didn't. really sad that he what did What a missed opportunity. I he do like his new shirt. I, his new shirt's cool. Um, I, he had the mic. He could have done that. He could have taken his guitar in. It would have been so wonderful. Can you imagine, like, interspersed over the 20 minutes that he's in the in the pod? He actually is playing random songs. That would be funny. He would get so much heat, and it wouldn't. You could do it in dead spots. Yeah, and in, like give give your guys rest spots, and it would have been fine. There were plenty of spots where the guys were just laying on the ground. Do it right then, and that's perfect. That would be a great way to fill it, and you know the crowd would eat it up. Yeah, it it would have been good. It would have been fantastic. I'm a little. They sad. didn't do that though, and Strowman eliminated everyone. Well, almost, uh, and it came down to Strowman and Reigns. And Strowman this and was this was the point where you're like, okay, it doesn't make any sense that Reigns would win because Strowman just looks invincible at this point. Now he's be, fresher than Roman. To be fair, not just to play devil's advocate, to play Roman's advocate, because he doesn't have an advocate. Um, he doesn't have Paul Heyman. He doesn't have Paul Heyman. Um, he uh, Strowman did just eat everybody's finisher at that point. Like, True, but Roman had been through a lot too. Roman had been through a lot. No, I'm not justifying that Roman winning was the right call. I am saying that while Strowman looked incredibly strong, he was very much he was much more human at that point in time. He had taken a lot of abuse. But here's the thing: he he had some Even, red on his on his 2K meter. Yeah, but here's the thing: even at this point, though, as a fan, if you don't know who you're supposed to like or dislike, you're gonna like Strowman. Because everyone's beating, ganged up on him. He's beating the odds. And he's beating the odds. He's the underdog because everyone's against him. And everybody's booing Roman. Yeah. and every, So if you if you don't know, you're like, man, I really want to see this guy win. Yeah. I don't know who this other guy is. If you're just tuning in for the road to WrestleMania, you are super confused. Yeah. So, But Roman ultimately goes over. Um, and Strowman immediately gets his heat back. Yeah. And, and puts him through two pod or a pod, right? So, Correct. you know. I nodded and then realized we were an audio medium. <laughs> here's here's the thing. You want to know the thing? You should tell me the thing since we're running out of time. The thing is, Roman Reigns is going to be in the main event at WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar with an asterisk. Okay? The asterisk is something could happen to Roman. Any day now, this guy, uh, R- Richard Rodriguez or whatever his name is, yep. could release information that he claims he has but has not released yet. Yep. And it could implicate Roman in a steroid um, ring, buying steroids from this guy or from this guy's gym or business. And if that happens, WWE is really not going to have any choice in the matter. They're going to have to suspend Reigns. Which is actually why I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the things I wanted to ask you about Strowman. Strowman is not really, he's kind of in a mini feud with Elias, but you can, we all kind of feel like that's not what he's going to be doing at Mania. He's definitely in a holding pattern. He is in, case, in a holding pattern in case either Lesnar or Reigns yes. can't go, which right now could, could kind of seem like one. it could be either one. Because uh, now, granted, this a lot of people feel like this was a work, and I, I agree. I think this was probably a work at this point, although it was the best Roman Reigns promo I've heard. In a long time. It got him cheered. It did get him cheered. Roman Reigns, they were advertising Brock Lesnar. So this up. is Monday Night Raw, the night after Correct. Elimination Chamber. Correct. Le- Lesnar was in Vegas the night of Elimination Chamber, but didn't go to the event and instead hung out on the strip with Dana White. In a UFC t-shirt. Yes. Um, and now Paul Heyman was at 
the show. Well, no, he wasn't at Raw. He was no, no, going he was, to Raw. He was at Elimination He was chamber. at Elimination Chamber, yes. Paul Heyman was at Elimination Chamber. He was on the pre-show and everything. And, and promised a face-to-face, as advertised, face-to-face confrontation between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in Anaheim the next night on Raw. Which they were advertising up until the start of the segment. Which typically WWE does not do. And WWE they, tries to, as soon as they make the call, to get the word out there and to give you something else to satisfy you look at survivor series last year yeah so roman reigns comes out by himself we have no explanation from the announcers uh from from cole and graves and uh and coachman as to what's going on reigns comes out and he says you know i won the elimination chamber i'm gonna go to wrestlemania and face to face brock lesnar but i gotta be honest with you guys and they're not gonna be happy with me in the back for saying this brock lesnar's not here yeah pause booze and basically just red it just shreds brock lesnar two ribbons on the mic which i didn't know roman had it in him um even if he was given all that in the back and it was a work i'm very impressed with his delivery well that is the roman reigns that i've always wanted it's the roman reigns that's really angry and mad yeah and i it got him cheered like i said but when he came out for the dark match he got booed again so you know it's he's nowhere out of the woods yet and they've been trying everything they can to get Roman cheered, and, and this is this is a clever idea. Now it is a work um, that's been all but confirmed because if it wasn't a work and Brock Lesnar really no showed the event, Paul Heyman would have still been there, and Paul Heyman did not come. Um, so it was it was probably thought of earlier in the day because the original scripts for Raw had Lesnar there. Somebody probably pitched the idea, hey, there's this picture that's going around. Maybe we should use that. Maybe there is some real heat over that picture between the office and Lesnar. Could very well be. Three years ago, though, when we were in the same situation, weeks before WrestleMania, Brock's contract was going to be up. He was teasing a UFC return. He did a lot of the same things. He actually missed Raw um, you know, a couple weeks before WrestleMania during the build and um, walked out of a, a show um everything was fixed though and when everyone back then said lesnar's definitely going back to ufc he resigned for three years to the wwe here we are again history is repeating itself same main event mm-hmm. um same you know <laughs> same everything really and um we'll see how it plays out but it was it was a work but you know it was one of those works where they were able to incorporate a lot of real life because even without Brock no-showing, everything that Roman Reigns said isn't insider knowledge. It's common knowledge. Brock shows up mm-hmm. every now and again. He's not there every week. He depends on depends on what what's wants. in his contract and what cities you know yeah. he wants to be. To, so to to. this is all the the, the crowd, the, even the casual, most casual fan would know this. Right. So I thought it was a really good promo. Now I would, if in the long term. I don't know how it's going to play out because if Roman wins, he's going to start working with people who are there every week. So then what does he have? I would have Roman talk a little bit less. I would have almost what happened to Sting. Now, t- take out the the whole crow gimmick and everything like that. But remember how in 96, Sting went away for a little bit, came back, didn't talk. He um, didn't talk for like a year. Didn't talk. His, his, look, a was a, build. his look was different, obviously. Yeah. So I would kind of do the same thing with Roman. I would not, maybe not necessarily take him out, but maybe for like a month. And then when he comes back, he doesn't talk. He looks a little bit different, maybe a little bit different gear, maybe a little different music. Maybe a little bit less vest. 
less fast, and he just goes in, you know, wrestles and goes out, but he's not always in the main event. You know, he's he's just kind of doing his thing, and then I think very shortly within a couple of weeks that's going to start getting over and then you go from there it has to be more organic it can't be contrived because if you try to do that it's never going to work and they've proven that over the last couple of years so it was an interesting segment on raw but then again roman could be the guy that's missing the main event at wrestlemania for extenuating circumstances in which case Strowman would go in now if lesnar the main event of wrestlemania will literally just be brock lesnar it'll literally be brock lesnar all right, not Brock Lesnar. Braun Strowman, just be Strowman. Walk out to the ring, do his yell, find somebody at ringside, throw them through a table, put running power slam, and then leave with the belt. Well, I'm sure they could get something. I'm to, sorry, I mean, the title. They just built Rollins up, so it could be Rollins versus Strowman. It could be Cena versus Strowman if all other roads. Braun Strowman in a ladder match, <laughs> just by himself. Just by himself. The ladders keep breaking under his weight. It's very, it's very sad, actually. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. It, it's going to be an interesting. We have like what six weeks until WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, we're well. Uh, yeah, a little, in our time about five, five and a half weeks. Five, five and a half. So it's going to be a very interesting five and a half weeks to see what develops. But at this time, it's still one on one Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title as but has as been planned for over a year now. So uh, and we got to get to a couple other things quick before sure we're go ahead time. John Cena is has jumped from Raw to SmackDown, exercising his free agent status. Which apparently the gen- general managers have no say over. Apparently not. I guess that's what you get for being a free agent. Yeah, and he's uh, he's he won a, a fairly decent 22-minute match, 24-minute match, something like that, against yes. AJ Styles. And uh, he's now in what is the six-pack challenge. We assume he's going to lose. I assume so. See, I thought what would have been so, better for Fastlane is him versus Nakamura with the winner getting the championship match and him losing to Nakamura because Nakamura doesn't have anything on this pay-per-view. Which is part of the reason I am wondering uh, if instead of what you just laid out, which would have made perfect sense. Yeah. We did have that moment as Nakamura had beaten Aiden English. By the way, good match by Aiden English. Yeah, when Aiden English is given the you know free reigns, no pun intended, he can really go. The free Russo's? Um, yeah. Rusev day. Now, it could be Rusev versus Nakamura because of the aftermatch kick to the head. I think that's more than likely at this point. Um, fast lane, I'm, I'm speaking of. Correct. I think it's more than likely, although after Nakamura goes to leave, Cena's music hits as Nakamura is leaving ringside. They meet at the base of the ramp. And there's a moment, and I'm curious if Stare that down. was a moment to say, well, Cena's probably going to end up winning, and this is going to be your WrestleMania match. Mm, I, I hope not. I hope this is. I a, don't think I hope this is a that. tease to help try and make the six pack challenge seem more uh, realistic. That it's not going to be AJ, and they're still going to give us Styles versus I think Nakamura. It's definitely for that, and I think it also sets up if Nakamura wins the title, Cena as a challenger after Mania, definitely, which would be nice to see. But I think that um, and we've seen Cena Nakamura before. We saw it last year. Um, which was a number one contenders match for Jinder Mahal at uh, whatever the pay-per-view was after SummerSlam. Wow, can you believe that's a real thing that happened? Yes. Cena and Nakamura were fighting for the chance to challenge Jinder no, Mahal. No, it was for SummerSlam because yeah. it was it was Nakamura and Jinder at SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, um, <laughs> and uh, Nakamura won that match, surprisingly so. People did not expect Shinsuke yeah. to win that match. and. But it was it was a good match. It was a very good television match. So, no, I think that except Cena, for that one more that one moment where he, John Cena almost got killed. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, Cena needed a win 
because he had been losing so much lately, he needed a little something back. So he he goes over the WWE champion on SmackDown. Which is big. He's going to lose the six-man challenge, six-pack challenge, and then go on to, it's still Undertaker Cena at WrestleMania. That's still the plan. There were rumors last week that Rey Mysterio was working on a deal so he could work John Cena at WrestleMania. And Rey Mysterio very well may end up with the deal. That would be a heck of a couple of weeks for Mysterio. He would be on a New Japan show. And on then, the 15th or something like that, right? He would be on Strong Style Evolved and then... A couple in, weeks later, although he'd be Although not unlike last year where you had the Hardys at Ring of Honor the night before WrestleMania in a ladder match and then show up at WrestleMania. So that I'm, I'm not saying Mysterio won't be a factor, but the plan currently is still Cena versus Undertaker. You don't tease it that hard to get that big of a reaction and then not do it. Now, something could happen. Undertaker could get hurt in training. Um, he could change his mind. I don't see that happening. Didn't he have a hip replacement after Mania last I think year? He had a double hip replacement, at least one. Uh, but apparently, he's feeling well enough to go. So now, as as somebody who who knows somebody who just recently had a hip replacement, if they, typically the way they do those things now, depending on the situation, is they three D print yeah. a new hip, and it's supposed to match the current hip almost perfectly. So it's supposed to fit perfectly. But when you do the surgery. Sometimes it doesn't fit quite right, and it takes a little bit long. It takes longer to recover. It's one of those. If it fits perfectly, you're up and walking around that day. Now, not yeah. very well, but you're up and walking around that day, and you can start. Well, he's also had quickly. an entire year to do nothing but get better, right? So, and he looked like he was in good shape at Raw 25. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely. Now, granted, healthy. he was in his coat, but he definitely yeah. looked better than he did at the Rumble the previous year. Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts there. Um, the only other notes would be that Ronda Rousey had the... Uh, We're an hour in, by the way, and we just started talking about <laughs> Ronda Rousey. Can we just... We'll go through this quickly because yeah. we're at time. Yeah, there's only a few things I want to hit on. She, you know, of course that had the... promo, the Sunday night promo at, at Elimination, Elimination Chamber. Chamber, which was so, so bad. It wasn't smooth. Uh, I think the idea of the story is a great idea, but I think the execution, it kind of fell apart a little bit. They still got it, but I think it kind of fell apart a little bit. And I think the reaction um, for somebody who's very new at doing pro wrestling promos was a lot for R- Rousey to handle. But she was able to transition from nervous to moved to angry fairly well. Yeah, and she she did... Um, when she got past the initial like oh shucks i'm glad to be here yeah that's when she hit her stride because then she got mad she has one face that she can do really well and, and that's angry ronda and that's angry Ronda. and when she puts that face on oh, it's so good but she's and you gotta the, get to that face she needs to be pumped up for these promos she did you think it be- was interesting that wwe didn't uh point out as they usually do when celebrities are in the front row they didn't point out um Kane Velasquez and um, who else was in the front row? Another uh, MMA fighter. I didn't even I'm, know. I'm blanking on his name, but yeah, they didn't point him out. Another heavyweight. Yeah. Um, was it Stipe Miocic? No, it wasn't Miocic. Uh, maybe he's not a heavyweight. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. But basically, what happened was Ronda signed the contract, put Triple H through the table. So we're most definitely getting Angle and Rousey versus Stephanie and Triple H at WrestleMania in a mixed tag. By the way, huge pop for her putting Triple H through the table. That was pretty cool. That was she. She and lost she, the first half, and I saw people burying the whole segment, saying, "Ah, oh, she was terrible. It was awful. She can't do that again." The promo part, you're absolutely right. As soon as Kurt Angle started talking, it all picked up again. Like that. At that point, it cleared up. 
Because then Rhonda, you could see her go from like, oh, shucks, I'm happy to be here. And the transition to, excuse me, to um, to just completely wrecking authority shop. And um, the slap by Stephanie McMahon was very good. That was Stephanie a very Mc- stiff slap. Yes, it was. And I explained to my girlfriend that Stephanie McMahon knows how to slap another woman because she slapped her mother one time. Um, <laughs> and uh, she slapped the daylights out of Ronda Rousey. And then I thought they both played it very well. Ronda's turn, where you could just kind of see her eyes and how angry she was, Mm -hmm. to Stephanie Mann's sudden kind of fear to get out of the ring. Worked very well. Much, much better on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, you... For Ronda's part. Ronda's part, Ronda came out... Triple H is always going to be a great promo. Stephanie can do her Stephanie thing pretty well. You mean bury all the talent? Ronda and Kurt are... And I mean, Kurt can cut a promo, but Ronda and Kurt kind of, they're the weak links in the um, promo division. But Kurt and Triple H, even though Kurt's older and he's hurt, you know, he's broken down a little bit. Um, they're going to be the, the strengths in the tag match at WrestleMania. So I can see them doing the bulk of the match and saving the hot tag for Ronda, building up to that moment. Now, Stephanie, like you said, burying everybody, hopefully all the years of burying all the women and men talent pay off with Ronda getting that from, you know, being able to overcome and Finally, beat Stephanie and get all that back. Well, they, they to be fair, all that Stephanie equity. has gone through a lot, has gone through a lot in the last couple of WrestleManias. She's gone yeah. through a table twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, she got speared by Roman. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, I think it'll be interesting um, if everything falls apart with the Reigns and Lesnar match, this could end up being the main event of WrestleMania. I could see it. Oh, that would be that would be a lot. That would be a lot, but I could see it happening. We couldn't. We could not put Nakamura Styles as your main event. I would do it, but I don't know if they would. I think they would be insane but, uh, not to. Just the one note I wanted to point out: the advance for Elimination Chamber was eight thousand. The walk up was three, which is huge. A big walk up. And I think that's mainly because of Rousey. Um, but the raw rating was very typical. They weren't up. They they were, you know, pretty much right where they're always at. And the third hour, which was the Rousey promo, um, which saw, you know, Triple H and Stephanie and Kurt Angle and Triple H punch Kurt Angle in a very memeable moment. Um, yes. That saw, you know, the typical third hour drop. And it's all, a, you know, the third hour drop with the demographics that Rousey usually draws in so it's too early to judge at this moment but um it seems like there was no huge initial interest from a television standpoint but perhaps there was from a live attendance standpoint which is good i mean it's it's it, it, that's important to the wwe mm-hmm. um television is more important but the live attendance is you know always it's always going to be it's always going to go back to that so uh, I guess we're going to just have to see how this plays out going into next week. Um, that's pretty much everything we've got from the world of pro wrestling. Uh, what do you have on your agenda? I know you have some big dates this month. Yeah, tomorrow night. Uh, that would be Friday, uh, March 2nd. That's the one. Um, I will be uh, going on an adventure, a very long drive, up to Hazleton, Pennsylvania for Sanctuary Stunt Studio. I will be performing stunts. On the stunt stage. On the stunt stage. Which, by the way, like, 
we kind of joke a little bit about that, but they have one of the coolest setups. They do. It's an old church. Um, you've wrestled, uh, excuse me, you've performed stunts there before. I have performed stunts there before. It's an old church that they bought out, and so it still has the stained glass and the cathedral ceilings and the altar area and the balcony and everything, you know, you feel like you're in a church except there's a, you know, wrestling ring in the middle and it's set up for wrestling and it's pretty cool. It's a permanent setup, right? It's a permanent setup, So they've yeah. got, like, I've, it's a studio. I've seen videos from, from their shows before and they have really cool lighting and they can put yeah. smoke in. Smoke and, and lighting. And a Killian, Killian wrestles there pretty regularly. He was he a champion for them yeah. terribly This long is long. actually, so they do seasons there. They don't um, run all year round. They do seasons. This is the season premiere of the 2018 season is tomorrow night, Friday night. So if you can come out, Hazleton, Pennsylvania, check it out, Sanctuary Stunt Studio on Facebook. Um, you know, it's it's going to be really cool. There is a rumble, which is uh, what I'll be in, and the rumble is for the championship of uh, the whole promotion. So um, come and see it. It's going to be a great time. Then later on in the month, uh, March 18th is a Sunday. We'll be doing a Warriors of Wrestling uh, television taping. I think that is all but closed off to the uh, public at this point. Um, but you know, you'll, I'm sure you'll be seeing uh, something out of it. So keep an eye out for that. I'm intrigued. I'm just intrigued by the card for tomorrow, which is, uh, the 30 man stampede for the sanctuary title. Yeah. Um, Killian McMurphy. It's like a, it's a Royal rumble style match called a sanctuary stampede. And it's for the championship, like you said. So, Killian yeah. McMurphy, Robbie Radke, Sonny Kiss. Johnny Moran. There's there, Jamie Senegal. There are a lot of there's a lot of independent talent that is Lee Brando. That is on this, uh in- including your very own favorite. Lee Brando. The ferryman. The ferryman? <laughs> is that gonna is that really no, okay? No. But elements of it, yeah. But not the name. It's a good call. Yeah. Because that could get really bad really fast. Yeah. So, not so. the fairy boy, the fairy man. So come see me, you know, and more dates to be announced shortly. I'm working on a lot of things. It's a good time, you know, it's a good time to be in wrestling and in independent wrestling. So that'll do it for us this week. Um, plugs will be up in just a moment. Um, thanks for sticking with us. We will be back next week to, uh, I guess we'll take a look, see what any other news comes out of uh, the road to the anniversary show in New Japan and see what happens as we build towards Fastlane, the final stop for WWE before WrestleMania. And uh, we'll have a lot clearer picture. I imagine in the next week we'll probably also start seeing some more announcements for Strong Style Evolved. Uh, a lot of stuff for WrestleCon. We just heard today that WrestleCon's Lucha so Underground will be doing a joint show with Impact. So there's so much to talk about. So much to go through. But we'll do that next week. Yeah. So uh, stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. And we'll... Uh, We'll see, and uh, we'll go over your time at Sanctuary next week. That's right. Because that's tomorrow. Get your tickets if you can go. Uh, Should be a really, really cool show. That'll do it for us this week. Stay tuned for the plugs, and we'll see you next week. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for Over the Barricade Podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram, at Lee Brando underscore, and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando, 
And don't forget, you can send us an email over the barricade podcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week.